a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, the recent speaker election in the House of Representatives did give the American people a closer view of Congress. Actually, reignited uh, an old debate. Should C SPAN have more control over their cameras? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Let's find out. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting debate uh, in terms of cameras in the House of Representatives, ha- cameras in the Senate, cameras in committee hearings. Uh, of course, C-SPAN has uh, the view there. And uh, during the speaker election, uh, they had free range because it was not uh, – the new people hadn't been sworn into office yet. And so it was a little more free-ranging. And so I want to go through the pros and cons of this. Uh, you can go at this both ways. Uh, we're going to tap into our inside source, Jonathan Bidlack, who's the director of the Fiscal and Budget Policy Project at the R Street Institute. And uh, Jonathan, this is just an interesting one. I can be persuaded both ways on some good things and some really bad things uh, about this. But give us the lay of the land. What is the current agreement uh, between, let's just use the House of Representatives, in terms of C-SPAN and cameras? Sure. Uh, well, first, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I think I think that uh, you know speakers in the past have been hesitant to go and uh, have you know allow C-SPAN and, and cameras to kind of have full reign on the House floor, um, in part because they're worried about what it might pick up. You know, I think that there's there's something to be said, obviously, for members being able to speak candidly with one another, um, and you know have have those conversations, whether they're you know collegial conversations across the aisle or heated conversations with members of their own party. And so, uh, you know, speakers in the past, you know, Paul Ryan and, and Nancy Pelosi have have you know basically uh, uh, you know declined C-SPAN's attempts to kind of get. Uh, additional additional broadcasting access to the floor. Um, I think, I mean, you know, th- th- as you said at the outset, there there are pros and cons cons to this discussion. I mean, you know, the, the pro is that generally speaking, more transparency is a good thing. Um, I think that the more that people are able to see how government operates and sort of see it in real time, um, you know, incre- only increases their their understanding of the process and and you know maybe their interest in that process. Um, the downside or the the argument against it is simply that you know now you potentially have members playing to the camera, if you will, um, and maybe being a little bit uh, more hesitant to have some of those co- uh, candid conversations that uh, you know theoretically uh, could could be picked up and, and, and broadcast unwittingly. Yeah, let's let's dive into to some of those because I I agree. I think the one thing we all worry about is if we get more performative stuff, uh, that's uh, not going to be good. Uh, I, I think my one worry is uh, kind of the last point you were making in terms of 
will they hesitate to walk across the aisle and have a conversation with a colleague for fear that the camera is going to pick it up and then someone's going to use it in a primary challenge in their next election? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I mean, I think people make these arguments all the time with respect to cameras in a lot of places. I mean, you know, you hear this critique about committee hearings, for example, and whether or not, you know, the the broadcasting of committee hearings ends up changing the nature of the conversations that take place there. Um, you know, there's the debate comes up all the time about whether or not there should be cameras in the courtroom, uh, you know, and specifically with the Supreme Court. And, you know, obviously there are there are justices who have gone and uh, and, you know, held out against that. So, I, I mean, you know, that's certainly I think it is a concern. I mean, you know, I will say that from my end, I mean, you know, my bias is generally toward toward more transparency yeah. unless there's a truly compelling reason. And I think that, you know, while it's true that you may end up seeing some changes, you know, in terms of how people would interact on the House floor, um, I mean, first of all, let's remember that C-SPAN does already broadcast on the House floor. So there is still that chance, of course, that, you know, uh, various conversations and interactions will be will be seen by potentially millions. Um, but also, you know, look, there are other opportunities for people to go and have these kinds of conversations anyway. I mean, if you want to talk with someone from the other party or from your own party and you don't want, you know, the general public uh, uh, knowing that, then step into your office or step off the House floor. There are plenty of opportunities, I think, for members to have these kinds of interactions. So um, to me, I mean, I, I would argue that the, you know, the, the benefit to the public of being able to have that increased transparency and uh, in, increased ability to, to an insight into, into what their government is doing outweighs uh, those concerns. Yeah, I think the, tran- the transparency argument, I think, is, uh, is a really good one. And the more we can see that process, I think, uh, the better. Uh, walk us through just a little bit. You mentioned um, uh, Speaker Pelosi and Speaker Paul Ryan, that uh, they very much just wanted those you know, fixed and locked uh, camera positions. Uh, so how does this actually get decided? Uh, would it take an actual bill and an amendment on the floor? Or what, what does it actually look like? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, there are actually multiple legislative efforts. You know, Matt Gates on the Republican side has been has been supportive, um, and then we had you know uh, uh, legislation on the on the Democratic side basically calling to give C-SPAN additional access. I mean, you know, in the past, C-SPAN has gone and, and written letters to the speakers and said, you know, we'd like to have this kind of access, um, and it's been it's been declined. You know, I think that the the activities that we saw last week, uh, you know, the, the speakers race 
were so unique and so interesting that, you know, I think the numbers I heard were that, you know, C-SPAN's viewership was up something like 140 or 170 percent over, uh, over you know, normal and, and probably up even more when you consider that many of these uh, these votes were taking place, uh, you know, and late into the night. So, um, you know, I do think that it does show that there is there is interest from the general public for for this kind of um uh, you, you know, insight into into what the government is doing, and so you know whether or not uh, uh, you know Speaker McCarthy and and sort of the now the Republican majority decide to go and uh, you know go along with their you know their their uh, colleague Matt Gates and uh, and be supportive remains to be seen. But uh, you know, I think I, I think it does seem like there is something that uh, uh, at least there's been a little bit of bipartisan interest in. Yeah, I think it's a, an important thing, and, and I do think it'll be a nice bipartisan thing, and. Uh, but it does have to be done. Does it have to be done by all the members? Is it a? Does it have to be a bill, or does the the speaker ultimately just take the uh, the input and go? It's a good question. I, I actually don't know the specific answer to that to that question myself. Um, my understanding is that is that you know it can be done legislatively, okay. uh, you know theoretically, even if the speaker didn't didn't want that to be the case. But uh, but uh, you know I, I think that it, it ultimately would be a. Uh, could, could be done, you know, could, uh, could be done legislatively, and that would solve the problem. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think that remains to be seen exactly how that will uh, how it will pan out. Be fascinating to have that be the a first real big bipartisan effort uh, to get some cameras on the floor. I, I think the uh, expanded viewership does show, as you pointed out, Jonathan, uh, there is an appetite for it. That people do want to see. Uh, and have that transparency and, and move that forward. And I think it's not just, you know, geeks like you and I who, you know, would regularly stay up on a Friday night to watch C-SPAN, <laughs> but the, the rest of the world joined us for I, once. <laughs> I think in many ways it humanizes things too. You know, I think yeah. that, uh, you know, what what you typically see are members going on the traditional media and, and you know, uh, sort of playing to the partisan, their partisan instincts. But uh, the reality is oftentimes these interactions are going on, and I think sometimes it might be good for the political discourse for, for people on both sides to see it. Yeah, great insight. Jonathan Bidlack from our friends at the R Street Institute. Jonathan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, really interesting debate. I I think it. Uh, I, of course, I'm always for transparency. I think that's a big part of what we've been missing. Way too many behind closed doors, uh, in rooms kind of meeting. Uh, so I like that component. Uh, I do worry about the uh, performative politics that some have gotten so good at. Uh, but I'd like to see it. Uh, I'd like to see how that would play out. I think it's a good thing in terms of the conversations. And there's always there are always rooms and there are always doors to go behind if you need to have that kind of conversation. That's one thing they definitely have a lot of in our nation's capital. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.